On this week's episode, we were talking about Gunther Steiner leaving Haas, new name for Sauber, and some red flag rule changes that are going to be taking effect in the lower formulas this season. Let's go. I'm forgetting that I need the to do the next bit. The floor is yours, Tom. It's because it's Chris said he was going to do the news and I was thinking, Chris is going to do this bit. <laughs> well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the year for Back of the Grid. Can you tell it's been a while that we've been away? I'm feeling it. I'm feeling rusty. <laughs> How about you two? Are you feeling rusty? Well, rested, but rusty. Rusty and dusty. Currently. Rusty <laughs> yeah. and just dusty and jet lagged. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got things to talk about. Like this time of year can usually be pretty quiet, but I think we have enough to be able to start making our way into the year. Um, some some interesting changes within teams, both from structures and names and so on. Uh, and as I alluded to before, we've got some interesting red flag rule changes that might actually creep their way into F1 from... F2 and F3. So I'm going to let Chris go through all the specifics, but yeah. Do we have any metaphorical red flags in there? Or are these, are these just specific red flags? <laughs> I mean... to sporting code. No sporting there's few red flags at Haas. <laughs> I've, we've not got that far yet. It could just be red flags against new rules, to be fair, <laughs> knowing the FIA. So yeah, we'll get that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we'll start with Haas. I guess Gene Haas um, decided... It had enough uh, enough of a break over Christmas and just dropped some news a few days into the new year. Um, yeah, so Gunter Steiner out at Haas after eight years with the team with immediate effect. Um, they've replaced him with Ayo Katsumu. Um, he was previously director of engineering at the team. Um, if you don't recognise the name, you'll definitely recognise his face from having been on the Haas pit wall for... I think he's been there alongside Gunter Steiner from the beginning of, of Haas existing as a team. He was with Renault and BAR before. Um, it sort of sounds like they're kind of trying to do a bit of what McLaren have done in that they said him as a team principal is going to have uh, en- engineering fundamentally at the heart of the management and then they're going to employ a separate COO to kind of oversee all of the non-sporting stuff. Um but yeah, I guess we'll start with with Gunter Steiner. Um, Gene has basically said it was a performance decision. They've been in the sport eight years now, still yet to have a podium. They've finished in the bottom a couple of places for like three years in a row now. Um, <laughs> he was like, I don't blame Gunter Steiner for this necessarily, but also the performance isn't good enough and it's time for a change, which sounds a lot like blaming mm. him for it. Um, it's Well, I think, yeah. <clears throat> I think it's fair enough. I think, like, as much as we all love Gunter Steiner, he's kind of got a point. Um, yeah, it probably is time for some new ideas. I think. Mm-hmm. I think any any team principal that's in 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 Formula One for that amount of time and consistently gets sort of you know average to not great results is is on thin ice, aren't they? So yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised mm-hmm. to see. I'm sur- I'm amazed it hasn't happened sooner. To be honest, that they've put a lot of faith into him. Um, he, I think he's one of those guys who's kind of he's, they've kept sort of getting the odd surprise good result, and I think 
there's been one of those every time probably there's been a bit of doubt over his head mm. yeah and it's probably saved his skin a few times and now they're just even though there were one or two sort of interesting results for Haas last year something had to give at some point and I think finally it's it's happened mm. they've had to get they've had to they've got to try something different yeah, hopefully it's not a case of he was the only thing keeping them together to get them results. <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? That's like, that's the only risk you run, isn't it? Like, concern. yeah, it, but I I did read sort of what was probably kind of the final straw for Gene Haas was that last season when the results weren't coming, he basically put his hand in his pocket to pay for a new upgrade package, like up to eight million dollars. I've seen reported of his own money put in. And that upgrade package just basically didn't help in the slightest. Mm. Um, and I think that was maybe kind of the point where it was like, I, this yeah. isn't working, something needs to change. Mm. It's a difficult it. one with Haas because I think a lot of that team's problems lie more with the guy that owns the team than the guy that's running the team. But, I mean, Gene Haas is an interesting guy for a lot of reasons. But <sighs> as you say, Stu, like ultimately... Gunter Steiner was the one running that team day to day, and whatever whatever he, whatever was being done at that team clearly wasn't working. So something had to change. Um, and whether it was ultimately his fault or not, when you're in that position, the book stops with you. So yeah, it was quite sudden, wasn't it? Mm. it I mean, it felt it definitely. Because I don't Just... remember there being any rumours about this. No other than about two hours before it was actually announced, which basically meant all the press knew and they had an embargo. Yeah. yeah I didn't even... Well, I mean, that's usually the case anyway in Formula 1. Like, there'll be... There's always massive embargoes for upwards. Yeah. Until, you know, until someone secretly speaks to someone two hours later and then they have to release the information early, which is, it happens every single time anything happens. Um, yeah. <clears throat> which makes life really, really difficult for the social media teams who are frantically <laughs> preparing press releases and goodness knows what else to uh to make these announcements but anyway um yeah uh Haas for me you worry where Haas you now worry where they're going to end up this season like are they yeah. going to just get worse and worse and worse and worse is this going to affect their how how badly is this going to affect their season so soon before the the 2024 season starts it feels like an odd time to to make that change like Normally, you'd, I guess if you wanted to change your team principle, like you'd be looking at sort of Abu Dhabi, end of end of a season. You'd be like, okay, we're done now. We'll get the new person in. To think. And, yeah. and, you know, in, in normal circumstances, you'd be planning far enough ahead that you'd have a you'd have someone lined up probably mid-season to be overseeing the, the next car and, and, and preparations for the next season. So this is, for me, this is very, very, very sudden. <laughs> I suppose Which it depends may... on if the C the CEO person they already know who that is and they are now just putting things in place because it could well be that it's been on the cards from Gene Hass's side of things for a little while and yeah. he's been maybe putting the the replacement structure in place before making the move. Um, it's possible, so... but I think I think Wood would have got out. It, I think it goes some way to explaining why they decided to promote from within rather than bring an outsider in. Because, I mean, you've got Matir Bonotto, Otmar Safnauer, yeah. Joss Capito. They're all out there, like, on the market, but they opted to promote from within, which, yeah, maybe, you know, 
we've got a few months before the season starts. Let's not try and get someone up to speed. Let's just get someone who's already been working on next year's car. Yeah. Yeah, and and also not only that, but you know, all those names you just mentioned, kind of what did what really did they do at their respective teams anyway? Like, yes, Matteo Binotto had a decent sort of start to twenty twenty two, but um, other than that, like, you know, is he just going to bring all the problems that they had at Ferrari to Haas if he, if he does that? Mm-hmm. Matteo mm-hmm. Binotto. To be fair, Matteo Binotto might have been an okay fit because of the relationship Haas have with Ferrari. But at the same time, maybe that makes him not a great fit because all of the animosity between probably Matteo Binotto and Ferrari having left that team, why is he going to step back into the Ferrari fire? You know, why is he going to put himself in the firing line, even though it's not directly Ferrari? There's still that that connection and you probably want a clean break if you're Matteo Binotto. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm quite excited to see what uh, this new guy Ao Komatsu can do. Like he's one of those guys that's been around in F1 for yeah. years and years, and he's never really been that much in the public eye. So I'm hoping with this CEO they're bringing in that can kind of leave him to just kind of be good at running the team rather than worrying about being the face of the team because. You see so many team principals who kind of have to do both of those jobs. And yeah. it feels like gradually teams are moving away from that structure. Well, a lot of them are. Obviously, you've yeah, still got Toto Wolfs and Christian Horners of this world are always going to want to have their mug in front of the camera. Well, I mean, yeah, like look at look at McLaren to an extent. Like um, they, they try and structure it so that the, the team are getting on with the team and the public face is like the, the only... I guess parts of the the day to day team is the drivers that become part of the public face, but that's kind of expected of everyone on the grid, isn't yeah. it? Like, but it's I mean, sort of from separation of church and state in a way, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, so yeah, it might it might it might help things, like you say, to have somebody else that just comes and deals with that and being the public face and let Ao just get on with building a car with the development team and, you know, race strategy and all that stuff that comes with it, being a team principal. I think that's the, that's the way it's it's sort of start. It looks like that's the way it's going for a lot of formula. That's how you run a formula one team these days. Like having Mm -hmm. one person at the very top, it, unless you've got, you know, an endless budget, which I mean, these days, none of them have endless budgets, yeah. but they still, you know, they're still spending, even though there's a budget cap in place, you know, there's two teams yeah. at the very top there that are spending an awful lot more money than any other team. Um, however you cut it, you know, they're only financially restricted in certain areas and wherever they can, wherever else they can spend money, I'm sure there's an advantage to spending money. Um, include That includes Ferrari probably as well. Definitely Ferrari yeah. as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think seeing them seeing the way like some of the restruct- more recent restructures of teams have gone, definitely there's there are big gains to have from having more focused, specialised teams at the top who get on well than there are maybe, you know, when you look at a team like Haas who've had that one guy at the top and they've just never managed to, to get it together, it does make you think, well, maybe, you know, running a Formula One team is just too much for one person these days, especially mm-hmm. the, the smaller teams where I imagine there's a lot more plates to spin for that one person than there would be say your Red Bulls and your Ferraris you you'll have your own team underneath you and you're the face of that team but they're probably set up in a in a similar way they probably have 
all these different bods underneath, you know, your top dog who are yeah. who, who have been known for years, really, really well trusted and are obviously really, really good at their jobs and, and are making things work for, for those top teams. Yeah. Which I think is where it didn't work with Mattia Bonotto because he was essentially trying to be all the things Christian at Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah. 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 And yeah, just kind of doesn't work these days. Or, um, or Toto Wolf. Or Yeah. But even Toto Wolf, he's got a lot of people around him that take on a lot of the other stuff. Like he doesn't yeah. try to be the technical lead, like Yeah, yeah. and you can see that. Well, I mean he's not he's, he's he's often not sat on the pit wall, isn't he? He's often yeah, in the exactly. garage. Yeah. And sort of towards the back of the garage. And you can see when the cameras are on him, like they've got to sort of weave the shot through like a million people to get <laughs> to that shot of Toto Wolf banging his fist on the, on the desk. So. Yeah. yeah, I think him, him and Christian Horner, although Christian Horner does sit on the pit wall, they are both very good at know, knowing where they are the best people and knowing where they've got better people around them to yeah. to lean on. I think that's what makes them both and such successful team principles. To be fair, in, in those kind of teams, that is what makes a good team principle, isn't it? Yeah. In reality. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you, you're there to actually probably in the grand scheme of things, input very little. You're there to hold all the other members of the team accountable for what they're responsible for to make sure that the team delivers. I think that's exactly. the that's almost the traditional um, successful team principle model, I think, is not trying to, to run a department or the whole team, but holding people that can run departments and teams accountable for yeah. what they're doing and yeah. keeping all the parts moving and pushing in the right direction. And I think, yeah, Horner and Wolf are probably good examples of, and and they then again become that public face. They're the ones that go speak to the media. They take the good and the bad from the media, but it shields like yeah. those that are running the development team, running the engineering the freedom, team, whatever. They can just get on with it. Yeah, they can just do their job. They're not under <clears throat> pressure from the media. They'll soak yeah. up all of that pressure. Ideally, should soak up all that pressure, and then yeah, it allows allows the guys who who are just focused on trackside operations or designing yeah. new parts, yeah. this, that, and the other, to really just focus on that job and block everything else out. A, yeah. a crazy thing I read the other day around all this: Mike Crack is now the third longest serving team principal on the grid because wow. he's, he's been there two years. Every other team in the last two years has changed their team principle now. Wow. Other than Christian Horner, Toto Wolf, and Mike, Mike Crack. It's ridiculous. That's insane. That's it's like so the driver cool. market has been completely stagnant and the team principle market <laughs> has just gone wild. Yeah. What, what alternate universe is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, last thing on this before we move on, any thoughts on where Gunther Steiner might pop up next? World Don't. Endurance Championship is the usual go-to, yeah. isn't it? That's um, yeah. I feel like WEC or IMSA, maybe IndyCar. Yeah. I would like to see Bonotto and Steiner the movie, where they just put <laughs> them in a small little car in Italy, driving around, eating good food, and just film it for two hours. Have you seen Amanda? Content out on it. Have you seen Amanda and uh, Alan's Italian job on BBC iPlayer? I have not. No. So uh, Amanda Holden, who okay. if you're not in the UK, it's a sort of a celeb kind of, uh, 
I don't, I don't even know what kind of celeb you'd call Amanda Holden. She's kind of like on a lot, like on, a, a lot of the, a lot on a lot of the talent shows and, yeah. and all that. Yeah, kind it's of like thing. a presenter, really, and yeah, and judge isn't she yeah. a celebrity judge? Yeah, and Alan Carr is a comedian, a very good comedian, very funny comedian. Oh, I can't um, And they buy a, a a house for a pound in Italy. And um, they do it up, and it's a whole show about them doing up a house. And then obviously it's in, so it'll be them doing a bit of DIY, and then their guy comes and finishes the job, and then they'll go off and they'll be on a boat drinking a bit of wine or, or whatever, doing something, and it's just really good. <laughs> so, you, and, so you know what this for? Yeah, yeah. Gunter yeah. Gunter Steiner and Matteo Binotto. Uh, Doing Actually, that, you could the Formula One equivalent of that would be, or just like those guys I mean, doing that. Be just great. touring vineyards or something. I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah. they've done that. They did that. A Sky did that with that. Well, th- this is like the thing. It's, it's the stuff from Drive to Survive that makes me want that. When they were mm. messing oh, around, it was yeah, it was the start of Drive to Survive last season. I think yeah, a little Fiat tiny Fiat 500. 500. Yeah. yeah, you know those yeah. cars, man. Like I borrowed one of those off someone for over Christmas, and they're the best. They are so so. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at them. Like the Abarth 500 is mental. You get like yeah, the Abarth is Sorry, great. you can get the 180 horsepower version. It's just an absolute demon. The 595 one, I think. That. Yeah, yeah, it is. yeah. And you can get them tuned. Like you can buy the base one and get it tuned to like 170 as well. So. Can Can you tell it's been a slightly quiet winter period <laughs> so far? <laughs> I mean, so, so far Since my tangents have been watching two like cars and yeah, TV shows. Yeah, yeah. Semi-celebrity type people <laughs> doing stuff in Italy, and then Stu's experience of a Fiat 500. You should anyway. You should definitely watch Amanda, Amanda <laughs> and Alan's. Itali- is it Alan and Amanda? Amanda and Alan's Italian job on BBC iPlayer. Every episode the, on there is brilliant. Right, let's get on. Back with of this. the grid, in a way affiliated by Dragons or in sponsorship with the BBC, <laughs> just for the record. Although, if they're interested, get in touch. <laughs> yeah. um, we now know what Sauber is going to be called for the next two years. Um, obviously, Audi's taken them over in 2026. For the next two years, they are going to be called Stake F1 Team. Oh, I love Stake. Mm, yeah, that, that's... the other spelling of Stake, unfortunately. Oh, um, I, that's not quite right. According to what I've seen, have you seen no, the full if... version of the name? Oh, I mean, I dread to think what the full version. So yeah, full I, I can't, I can't make it make sense. It's Steak F One Team Kick Sauber. Serious? Yeah. I don't so know I where know, kicks well, yeah, they come did that, from. But then they where's rename the kick... it after that. They renamed that. So that was the original, and then they've simplified it to just Steak. Yeah, they've, they've, they've oh, sort okay. of shortened it. Now. Okay. Um, so That's Steak fine, are. A gambling website that came on as a sponsor for them last year, and then Kick is yeah. a Twitch Crit. rival that's yes rela- that's linked to Stake. Yeah, because um, there are some questions about when they're racing certain companies where gambling advertising is banned, and the name mm. of the team is now a gambling company. So that's going to be quite interesting. Yeah, maybe um, they just put an E and an A in the right places. Yeah, and do it that way. I mean, that's Valtteri not a have terrible a way of doing it. Themed helmet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could just have a meat-themed Formula One car, like the Lady Gaga reference, where she's just <laughs> pork or whatever it was. Yeah, um, you just put like delivery of bacon. All over delivery the is just like different kinds of meats. Yeah. It could be like streaks of bacon going across the car, a bit like the Mercedes lines going across. Actually, look decent. I mean, there's um, no livery yet, so. Well, the most interesting part of this is that um, Steak and Kick's colour scheme is like black and a sort of neon green, and they are sort of yeah. seem to be teasing that that's the direction the livery is going to go down as well, which could be. Don't I, hate like, that. It could 
it could be cool, but we're coming off the back of the Alfa Romeo red and white liveries, which were some of the best liveries in years. So mm. whatever they do, I'm going to miss the nice Alfa Romeo liveries. But yeah, I've been doing my yeah. portfolio site today and it's all black and green, which is go. bold. Yeah. Black and green is in. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if I'm keeping it. I don't know if I'm going to keep it. <laughs> but um, at the moment, they're black and green. Um. Right, some stuff with a bit more actual substance. Um, <laughs> so F2 and F3, but not F1, are changing their rules um, in a similar way to other series like IndyCar have currently got. So this relates to red flags in qualifying. The new rule says that any driver who, in the opinion of the stewards, is the sole cause of the issuance of a red flag during qualifying will not be permitted to take any further part in the session and their fastest lap time during the session may be deleted. Um, oh, they've convoluted it, that rule. They have yeah, he, start, he started out so well. It was it, like, it was anyone who is the sole cause of an incident will not be permitted to take further part, which they're probably not going to be able to anyway because they've probably wrecked their car in into a wall. So they're not going to do that anyways. But then they're like, but then they may have that. Just yeah. say yes or no. They either will they, or they won't. Well, yeah, there's that. So there's that. Yeah, there's they've introduced. It's classic, isn't it? Grey areas yeah. all over the place. So they their fastest lap time during the session may be deleted. So if you take essentially, if you accidentally, I don't know, say chop someone and you chop them a bit too soon, you take the front suspension off and your car somehow survives but they go into a wall and you you know and you've caused that red flag by causing an incident yourself then you as the person causing the incident may get your lap time deleted (laughs) and if in the only in the opinion of the stewards so no one else's opinion is in the opinion of the stewards i mean you don't need that line but in the opinion of the stewards you cause the issue of that red flag, then you're done in qualifying. Essentially, yeah. you're disqualified. It's basically dis- you're disqualified. Yeah. Well, you, well, well yeah, I guess no, because you'd, you'd keep your you'd... second fastest lap time. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. if you're dis- if you're disqualified, you'd lose all your lap time. So it's a sort of it's a light disqualification. Okay, so that's I mean that's weird, isn't it? Because like there's a, there's an argument to say that if you cause someone to be to crash out of qualifying, you deserve to be disqualified yourself. I'd have, right? I'd have thought full... that that'd be investigated as an actual incident as well, though. I think this is more like framing situations where people are. I don't maybe know, like you crash you, yourself. Maybe you like maybe the, the, it's Monaco and you and you yeah. walk up and then you end up in the barrier. Monaco yeah. is the most obvious example. Like Rosberg accidentally yeah. going down the escape road, or when Leclerc was fastest a few years ago and then Binder. crashed in qualifying and no one else could complete a lap to beat him mm. in that situation Leclerc would have had his fastest lap time deleted as a penalty and he actually wouldn't have kept the pole position but what if his second fastest lap was also very very fast and could potentially have him on pole good for him i guess <laughs> well exactly do you know what i mean yeah mm. so yeah. then surely surely you should <clears> just go the whole don't go halfway just go the whole hog if you cause a red flag you should be been, your times you be from that session shouldn't it basically yeah or, your times from that session should be deleted. like all of them or a, or a grid penalty yeah maybe 
Yeah, that, all that of just this seems... is probably why they are doing this in F2 and F3 first to kind of... I mean, and fair play to the problems. Yeah, because, I mean, that's... Yeah, the fact that it's sense. not in F1 yet and, and they're testing it out and giving it... A that's bit, a better you know, It seems like they're giving approach. it some due diligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So rather than the knee-jerk, oh, we, we need to change this thing, let's just implement it into F1 immediately from the next race. Like, think, they have been known to. This uh, is a better approach. It's. I still don't think the way the rule is written is... I mean, that is not... Technically speaking, that is pretty much not a change. Because... In my eyes, the vast majority of causing red sole responsibility of causing a red flag during a qualifying session, I I'm struggling to think of a red flag caused solely by one person that is not them crashing into a barrier and being out of qualifying anyway. The, so the first the, only, the first bit of that is almost redundant. The only one I can <clears> think <throat> of is Zandvoort last year. I think it was one of the Williams went off and the stewards were really trigger happy and called a red flag. And then they just pull back on the track and drove back to the pits because they hadn't actually crashed. They just, I think they basically mm. spun off and they were in a sort of dangerous place, but they got the car. But away. I bet, but well, yeah, I bet and that's like, one of the ones where that'll end up becoming part of a grey area, won't it? Where they'll not, yeah. they'll not do anything about that because they're like, well, that was us. We actually called that a bit prematurely. That's not the yeah. driver's fault. But by that letter of the yeah, law, the way they've written it. They should disqualify them from well, the yeah. that, that's the, continue. But that's the that's the safety net, then, isn't it? The safety net mm. is that any drive, the opinion of the stewards is yeah. the sole cause of. So the, the an additional cause would be, oh, we we were triggered, yeah. we called the flag. I guess so. Yeah, you can you can continue. That does um, involve them assuming responsibility, though. <laughs> okay, that does kind of. Yeah, well, yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, that's true. But I mean, you'd think that they yeah would have you'd the so. sort of ability to do that. Um, okay, so in that in that case, I can I can accept that opinion of the stewards is required in the writing of this rule, right? But I think yeah. m- their the fastest lap during the session may be deleted. Is again, they're trying to give themselves wiggle room, but yeah, they've already got. I think there's already enough wiggle room there with the in the opinion of the stewards is the sole cause. Yeah. So I don't. I think How- you need to be more. Sort yeah, of I, I, I think that part of the rule. If you are probably deemed the sole reason for a red flag like that, and you've already set a time, then yeah, you probably should have a repercussion of that time not yeah. being valid anymore. I think the good examples are things like the Leclerc one in Monaco. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's all it's all well and good that he's got a fast lap time, but he's then had an incident an incident as he would say um into a barrier that's then stopped a good five five drivers maybe competing with him for that um and i think that's a good candidate to say that it should just automatically delete the like the, the 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 bit that's like the the gray area up for debate flexibility however you want to put it should be in the opinion of the stewards, are you the sole cause of something that is disadvantaging yeah. others? If and so, that, yeah. so these if, are the and if they feel feel so, yeah, you do not get to compete any further in the session if you were able to, because the car's not damaged enough to, <clears throat> sorry, not so damaged that you'd be out through those means, and the fastest lap you'd set up to that point is also deleted. Yeah, is I mean, deleted, I think you would not maybe deleted. Yeah. Is yeah, I is. think, and the 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 up for debate 
questionable bit is just the stewards have to make the decision of you are solely responsible for hindering other people by causing a red flag. Because yeah. in IndyCar, I've had it like that for a while now, where if you cause a red flag, you lose yeah. your fastest lap time, yeah. black and white. And I, it's weird that they've not, I mean, it, it's weird, but also not surprising that F1 have had to muddy the water so much. Mm. But, uh, yeah, exactly. In principle, what they're trying to do with this, I don't really have an issue with. I think... Yeah, I agree. Some th- Something to st- sort of police that or penalise that, I think, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yes. But the way they've written it is um, very weak. Yeah, <laughs> yes. as, as per standard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'd be interested to see how it plays out in, in F2 and F3, let's put it that way. Are we, yeah, are we sure. eagerly watching for red flags and seeing what they're doing? <laughs> like, Come on, You know exactly what's going to happen. It's going to have... <laughs> they're just, nothing's no going to happen. There won't be a red flag in qualifying. Yeah. And then they'll yeah. bring it into Formula 1. And then and they'll then be trying it out on the fly. And then it'll happen. Yeah. And then yeah. there'll be a big hoo-ha. Why didn't, get the, why didn't Max Verstappen get his lap time deleted when Lewis Hamilton was <laughs> just about to do his lap? You know, it, it's, yeah. it's going to come to that. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Guarantee. I, I, I will say right now on this day, 15th of January, 2024, write this down because in 2020, well, probably 2026 <laughs> by the time Mercedes have caught up, that will happen at, Mo- at Monaco. I guarantee it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you don't even have to be specifically them drivers. Is it? It's, it's going to happen, no, no doubt. No, yeah. specifically it's, those two drivers. It's going to be no. Two. It's going to be. It's going to be Charles. He's done it twice now already at Monaco. Oh, it's not three times. Twenty six predictions before we've even got through twenty twenty. <laughs> before we've even got through, we've even started twenty twenty four yet. Okay, um, next bit. Couple of news bits that are essentially just bullet points, but they're worthy of notes, I guess. Um, Toto Wolff has extended his contract with Mercedes until twenty twenty six now, um, so he's sticking around for a few more years. I would say that maybe gives a clue as to the sort of contract extension um, Lewis Hamilton's probably going to sign as well. I feel like they're maybe both going to stick around into the new rules in 2026, see mm. how things look, and then sort of take things from there. I guess. Yeah, no, I think that's fair enough. I think, you when, think you, when you've been in when you've been in the game as long as those two as well, I think it's yeah. probably, especially Hamilton that you probably yeah big rule change coming up. Are you still going to want to be driving those cars? Are they going to live up to the expectation of the new rules? You know, you, you want to give yourself a little bit of a get out if you don't like the way yeah. things are going to look. Do you think as, we'll see a yeah. few retirements at the end of 2026? Mm, it's possible, definitely possible. Go on top. Yeah. And I was going to say, do you think as a part owner of that team, he has to handle his own contract negotiations with himself? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, he's only he only has a third of it, doesn't he? So Yeah. He still got to float it past Mercedes and Ineos, I guess. But I can just imagine that way. He's like arguing for and against himself. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what like performance and <clears throat> sort of uh, parameters are in his contract. If there's any like mm-hmm. you know clauses in there that if if he doesn't perform, then he's got to got to make way for someone else. Or anything yeah, like but, that. but then team owner team owner Toto has put some like weird little loopholes that. Team principal Toto can jump through to, yeah. to save his yeah, job. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um. Um, <laughs> Williams have extended their Mercedes power unit contract until 2030. Makes Six sense years. for them, I think. Six years yeah. is a big jump. Um, it's going to be a shame if the Mercedes power unit with the new <laughs> rules in 2026 is absolute garbage, but there's always ways out of these uh, contracts, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then the most important bit of news that we've all been waiting for is Jensen Button News Corner because we always like a bit of Jensen Button News on this podcast. (laughs) 
um, he's going to be entering the World Endurance Championship full time this year, which is oh, yeah, really cool. Uh, he's driving uh, for Team Jota, which are running one of the uh, Porsche 963 hypercars. Uh, and yeah, excellent. after having a taste of Le Mans last year, he's doing the full season, which is extremely cool. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm so excited for World Endurance Championship yeah, the, this year. The it's... Porsche is going to be a lot different from what he was driving last year. Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's also doing the Daytona 24, which is pretty soon, I think, isn't yeah, it? It's normally uh, ended next couple of weeks. Yeah. 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 Um, he's driving that for Andretti. And an interesting tidbit, he's going to, because Imsa and Weck use the same rule set for their top class now, the um, LMDH class. Jensen Button is now going to be the first driver to compete in a race in two different LMDH cars. Everyone, everyone else so far has only ever driven one of them, but he's driving an Acura in IMSA and then he's driving a Porsche in WEC, which is a little there interesting tidbit. Le Mans Daytona hybrid for the uh, unversed... Hypercar. In... Is it hypercar? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Sorry, yeah. Le Mans Daytona hypercar. And then there's another... And the hypercars don't necessarily have to be hybrid, right? Mm, oh, no, uh, we need to... I'm just going to move on. Yeah, just that's, move on. Yeah. <laughs> just a kind of word. Yeah. Um... That's all the newsy bits. Um, I am going to drag us kicking and screaming very briefly back to 2023. There's one thing we forgot to do, which is ordinarily I'd have let this fly, but this is one of my favorite things we do and we forgot about it. So I'm going to quickly do this now, which is about this time last year, or actually no, it might've been just after pre-season testing last year. We did our season predictions of uh, increasing wildness. Yeah, starting with something we thought might happen and getting wilder from there. Oh so yeah, yeah. So I've dug them back out to see how we did. Oh god, not very well is the answer. Damn. Um, who who's who should we do first? Or do, uh, do them by the category if you want. Do all three the, by the category. They, just however they're written is probably easiest. Yeah. It's it's easiest to do all of one person. So I'll just start. With okay. The okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Your first one was there'll be less than three tenths between the top three teams in Bahrain. Um, who, who, who? Tom or me? No, you, Stu. You. Oh, me. That was oh, yours. God. That's a shame. <laughs> you weren't far off. Um, obviously, Red Bull, Ferrari, and Aston Martin were the top three teams. Um, the quality gap for Verstappen to Alonso was six tenths. Perez to Alonso was five tenths. And you said three tenths. So you weren't far off, but not quite that small. Mm. Um, you said Mercedes will win the first race. <laughs> they came sixth and seventh. Um, oh you said Alonso will win more than one race. He did not. Th- these are in increasing levels of wildness, though. We should. Yes, out. they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, oh, we you're... don't actually believe that any of these things are going to happen, other than maybe the first one. You- you'll see how wild they get. Um, you said Aston Martin will be in the hunt for the constructors' title in the final race of the season. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. that was I mean. Thinking. First third of the season, that looked like it might have been possible. Yeah. But, um, and then finally, you said Nick DeVries will outscore and replace Perez by mid-season. <laughs> well, that was, That's the I best mean, that one. was the ultimate wild one, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, mine was next. I said there'll be no new race winners or pole sitters. That depends if we count Not sprint true, races. Sprint if races, we, if we, we count sprint true. races, Piastri ruined that for me. Grand Prix, I was right, but sprint yeah. race. Mm, that's fine. That's fine. That's not. A, that's not. A that's a half prediction. point. I give, give you a half point right. for that. Um, I yeah. said one of the championships will be won at a sprint race, which did happen. Mm-hmm. Stappen won his title in yeah. Qatar Sprint. 
Brilliant. Uh, Logan Sargent will score more points than Alex Albon. Uh, <laughs> oh, that no was way off. off. Uh, Haas will get a podium, but it won't be Hawkenberg. Nope. Big fat nope. Um, and I said a current IndyCar driver will be announced as an F1 driver for 2024. <laughs> no. Big fat nope. One and a half points. That's not too yeah. bad. Yeah. Tom, you said mm. uh, Mercedes will win by the halfway point of the season. Nope. They didn't win at all. You said there would be six drivers on the podium before Monaco. There were Four. only five. There were five before Monaco, and then Ocon made it six in Monaco. Duh! So <laughs> Can I have you a half just point? missed Come that on. one. <laughs> um, you said a new or returning driver will outscore their teammate, which Hulkenberg outscored Magnussen, so you get that one. Yeah. Uh, you said there'll be four drivers in contention for the title in Abu Dhabi. Uh, <laughs> which title? Said, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, and then finally, you said Nick DeVries will win a race. Oh, yeah, that was so, um, Can I have one and a half from a Monaco thing, or does that not count? Uh, if you give me one? half for the um, no race winners or pole sitters, yeah. I'll give you a half for your Monaco. Yeah. Well, can, I have a, can I have a half point for my um, opening qualifying prediction then? You can, but it still means you've only got half a point. <laughs> I just don't want, I just, it's better than no Half a point is better it than is no better points. Than no points. <laughs> Uh, True motorsport yeah, people fighting to... for any any last morsel so we can yeah, get. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Well, we're we've got some launch if, dates. If, if people haven't tuned out by now, then there's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got some launch dates, so we know we have some content next month. We've got Stake, which I now already hate saying as an F1 team name, yeah. 5th of Feb, Williams 5th of Feb, Alpine 7th of Feb, Aston Martin 12th. Ferrari 13th, Mercedes 14th, Red Bull 15th. So that'll be a busy couple of weeks. Um, McLaren, Haas and whatever Alpha Terry, Toro Rosso are going to be called is still TBC. Mm. There's, there's been McLaren, some things... Red Bull that's... and Haas, right? You'd think? Huh? You'd what? think they're going to be called... No. No, no, I mean Alpha Terry. They're oh, the changing second their name. Red Bull, sorry. Yeah, Alpha the Terry. second Red Bull team. <laughs> oh, they're just called Team RB at the moment, aren't they? I yeah. mean, this is this is a whole thing. Like, do you want to get into this? Like this this kind of like we can, those yeah, two teams it's... like getting ever closer together, sharing factories and things. Like if if I'm a team principal for McLaren or for Ferrari or for Aston Martin, I'm gonna be like That's gonna be hell, man. Year. Like you can you can't just like make mm. your other team like the same team except they can is, well yeah looks like they can i suppose i mean on paper they you know they can't can they can they yeah it's, I don't... It's, it's such a sort of weird situation i think for me like there has to be at least a separation of premises you can't have you know your second team coming and joining your first team. yeah there's well yeah. i mean they've either found a very good loophole in the the component sharing and selling rules because you'd have i mean this is the fia we're talking about so probably not but you'd have thought that there'd be a lot of stuff in that particular section about not being able to sell certain parts and components and make them on behalf of other teams that would prevent them from sharing a factory thus meaning that they can't like do that where 
I mean, yeah. all it does is double the resources of Red Bull, though, doesn't it? That's the point. Like, the, yeah. the only reason that Red Bull are going to be keen to do, or any team would be keen to sort of bring in a smaller team un, under under the same into the same building, would surely mean that you'd have double the budget, double the the only difference theory, is you're making yeah. four you're making four cars, but you've got double the at least double the wind tunnel time, at least double the budget, at least double mm-hmm. of everything. If you if if they're just going to pull everything into that top car and then yeah, it down to the bottom one, they've essentially found the biggest uh, budget cap loophole to date. Yeah, which is like, absorb another team, like to me. and especially <laughs> given that like they're the one team that grossly went over the the budget cap as well, depending on your sort of perspective of of how much, whether it's like a million or seven million or whatever it was. What was it now? Can you remember how much it was? I mean, it ended up being. I think in the end, once hundreds of thousands, it was like maybe a million and a half or something. Oh, but, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it started at something like ten million, and then they sort of weirdly yeah. somehow managed to wrangle it down to yeah. one. Using I think I think clever wording. Some elements of that was disappointing, to be fair, but yeah, like <laughs> it's it's. I mean, ten million. He, in li- look, herein lies the problem. The FIA, we've already discussed it once. The FIA need to write the flipping rules better. Like, well, they, I, I mean, think they just need to be switched on to when you know stuff like you know why allow them to. I mean, who's sanctioned in the first in, place? Yeah, step yeah. in and say no, 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 no. You can't share the, a factory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because obviously within the rules there is a list of parts that teams are allowed to buy from another team, and that's fine. Like that exists. They all sign off those rules. It's mad that AlphaTauri haven't been doing that more well, yeah. until now, to be honest. Mm. It's suspect but that they haven't been. It's super sus that they've waited really until weird. a budget cap comes in and then development tokens and wind tunnel restrictions, all this. Now they do it, but they never did it yeah. before when none of that was, an, was a factor. But the, the trouble now is you, what you can't police is people in a factory talking to each other yeah, or someone exactly. yeah. le- leaving a That's printout it. lying around like yeah, exactly or as you say like someone from the red bull side being like oh could you sort of mock up a part that looks a bit like this and stick that on your wind tunnel exactly so, you know mm. and yeah. the fia have finally said that they're this year going to start making their factory inspections uh random rather than pre-warning the teams which is already mad that, that was a thing yeah. but i i just don't see how that this can be policed properly and i think this is going to this is going to blow up massively yeah. this year it's going to hugely blow up in people's faces because there's not a team down the grid that's not going to be cheesed off about it because no. you've got yeah. people who are competing with alpine further down the grid sorry with uh, alpha tauri or whatever they're going to end up being called further down the grid say from sort of you know six seven eighth down and then You've got your top teams who are going to be kicking off. You know your McLarens. Your right. let's let's say your Aston Martins. Let's say your Mercedes and Ferrari is going to be upset with Red Bull for yeah for everything we've just described. So yeah, yeah uh, it's it's mad. people are going to be up in arms. I think at some point. Yeah. Once that Alpine, sorry, once that Alvatari comes out and it looks identical to the Red Bull, <laughs> and they've and they're suddenly you know way up the grid and. Red Bull are like suddenly three seconds ahead of everyone else because they've pooled their resources. I mean, they're cleverer mm. than that. They'd never let it get to that big of an advantage. No. They'd be they'd be careful, I think, about how they implement it. But it's just so obviously wrong to anyone on I the mean, outside. We saw how much of a like drama it was a couple of years ago with the 
the pink Mercedes. And yeah. that was yeah. just them copying parts based on photographs Photos, and footage, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think how much that blew up at the time, if Alpha Terry start having more success, this is going to be ridiculous. Because Haas are a weird example of this, because Haas literally have a corner of the factory floor in Marinello that is their stuff, and they buy every single part they're allowed to from Ferrari. And if you remember way back in Haas's very first season in F1, mm-hmm. they turned up and were quite successful straight away. Yeah. And everyone yeah. was complaining about it. And then in, years later, when Haas were just crap, everyone just sort of lost interest. No one really Such. cared what they were doing when no one yeah. when they weren't achieving anything. But you can yeah. guarantee if Haas suddenly starts having some success again, people will start asking questions of that rule and what they're doing again. But yeah. but yeah. I think the same, I think exactly the same at the top end of the grid. If, if Red Bull, uh, you know, are eking out their advantage even further, surely, and, and they've, you know, if, if they have less wind tunnel time than anyone else, but they're still able to develop much, much more speed into their car than anyone else is. And, they've got another team in the same factory as them. <laughs> like, that's pretty sus, right? That's going to be yeah. pretty... People are going to be pretty sort of suspicious of what's going on there, I think. So at the top end of the grid, it's got absolutely huge potential to kick off as well. So, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a minefield just waiting. Can't wait. Can't wait to yeah. see it. I, I, honestly, like, that's going to be... If I'll, I'll make another prediction. <laughs> For the for the twenty twenty four season this time rather than twenty twenty six season, um, this whole thing is going to kick off probably at least by by Monaco. There's going to be accusations from one Absolutely. team or another about or queries at least at the very least from one team or another about the setup of AlphaTauri and of mm. Red Bull together. It's going to be the big story of this season, I think. I think so massively. Yeah, yeah. And Twitter's going to be a horrible place because of it as well, as though it isn't already. <laughs> Twitter's going to be an even worse it's place. Worse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, should we finish up with a little bit of inbox? Yeah. yeah. Should we have the jingle for the first time this year? Let's do it. Let's. Keep it saying now. Stay, stay out. Same old brilliant jingle for 2024. <laughs> I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, lads. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'll take the first one then, shall I? Or go for does it. someone else want it? No, you go for it. Okay. Um, Cody B, I've got sort of two grouped together here. So Cody B says, Do, does the general chaos and lacklustre results at Haas give more weight to the Andretti Cadillac entry? Imagine Andretti being accepted and appointing Gunter as their team principals. I was, do you know, <laughs> I was thinking along the same lines then as that question started getting read out. <laughs> um, and then Benson says, hey man, do you think Gene may finally step aside and sell his team to Andretti, or is that too easy of a solution to the American tw- team question? Um, I mean, Gene has keeps on saying that he he isn't in F one to sell a team and make money. He's there to go racing. But I, if if this new structure they come up with doesn't work. Sooner or later, he's going to lose interest. Surely, mm. I, I've, I've, you've got to imagine Andretti are kind of giving him a nudge, being like, "Got a, got, got, got a team there." I see that you're uh, losing interest in. Do you want to <laughs> want to sell up a spot? 
Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, the vast majority of people would rather have Andretti on the grid than Haas. I think that's a fair assumption to make. Mm. I mean, I'd like them both, to be fair. But if you're going yeah, to have to pick one. Like, yeah. I'd, I do see some kind of some interest, but I think Andretti have probably again already got in mind who that team's what that team's going to look like when if it comes to fruition. Yeah, I, I feel like they already know their plan for when the green light comes. Um, but Not it would be really interesting when. to yeah. I, I mean, I do think it will happen at some point. It's just a case of when, but we'll see. But I, yeah. I mean, I. Not saying that Gunther wouldn't be part of that at all, but I think that it might not necessarily be a team principal role. Maybe, I don't know, part of a, a wider team. It's kind of like what um, McLaren did for a bit, where you had like you no know, out-and-out team principal and you had yeah, sort Zach of heads Brown. of... Zach de- Brown is the sort of media voice for the team, quietly mm-hmm. spinning the plates in the, yeah. in the background. I guess. Uh, so that's that's... An Andretti in some capacity, and or or someone appointed like by them to do that, and then Gunther's in there maybe as part of team right. management or something. You know, dude. Like for me, like I'm kind of like if you're a new team, bring some new ideas, bring some new people, and yeah. I, I know like a lot. You know, a lot of the logic in Formula One. You know, I've read enough books about Formula One to know that like it's a merry-go-round. People go around Formula One mm. in in different guises for different teams. But part of the fun of the experiment of having a new Formula One team surely should be bringing new people from outside of Formula One and bringing new ideas and maybe doing and something being differently good. from other teams yeah. and being good that way. You know, like, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. the, the written law is that that's impossible, but until, like, someone actually tries that, then... Especially with companies like Andretti and Cadillac who have so yeah. much experience in yeah. other racing series exactly. to bring some of that external experience and knowledge in would be really cool yeah and yeah. and as well like given like there's a budget cap now like I think it's that's a more reasonable approach there's yeah. an argument to say the opposite there's an there is an argument to say that it's even more important to bring in existing knowledge because there's less budget to go out and find the knowledge you need but I do think between sort of a big enough group of people, you, you're always going to have some people who are always in Formula One anyway. Um, yeah. Part of the problem, I think, in a lot of Formula One teams is, especially like teams like you know Williams up until recently, has been, this is how we do it. It's Formula One. This is how we do things. If we do it different, then we're going to lose. So there's this mm. big fear of like, in certain teams, there's a fear of doing things differently because that's just how they do them. And Ferrari. For a lot of teams, Ferrari holds them back. Biggest example of that, I would say. And I think if you look at McLaren, uh, yeah, McLaren, a team who have recently got a lot of new personnel in and mm. maybe some names that we haven't necessarily heard of for ever before in Formula One. You know, Zach Brown came from really. Where did Zach Brown even come from? <laughs> like he was like a um, corporate sort of dude. He was, wasn't he? Like, yeah, I mean, he was doing United Autosport stuff in. Yeah, he wasn't in Formula sports. One. No, no. But in, in F1 terms, he was kind of unknown. Yeah, and if you look at the the journey that McLaren have been on, they've been from being a very successful Formula Formula One team, doing things the way they've always done them because that's how they did them when they won championships. And now they're doing things a little bit differently. They've got quite a different yeah. sort of setup. They're probably one of the first teams to set up as a more of a a broken up management structure. 
mm-hmm. like we were talking about earlier, then suddenly, you know, this season they're having well, this last season starting to pay dividends, big success, starting to pay dividends, starting to work out yeah. for them. So, you know, maybe that is the way forward. Anything else to add from anyone on that before we read the next one? No. Cool. Go ahead. Uh, Wes says, hey man, Red Bull have announced their 2024 car launch date today. Um, do I bother tuning in or should I just watch last year's and say I did and say that I did? <laughs> we all know the livery won't change. Well, the best the best bit of Red Bull liveries is the testing livery anyway. Like You exactly, might as well just yeah. wait until they show up at testing and see whatever that looks like. I did read when I was getting the launch dates earlier on today and they haven't announced their car launch date. They've said it's something like the season launch or team oh, not launch again. or something, oh, which just says to me they're going to wheel out last year's car with basically the same livery on it. and Different, slightly different sponsors uh, yeah, based on the contract. So I can tell I'm you not... right now, I won't be watching any of the team launches. What I will, well, actually, no, I'll have to because we do this, but I... <laughs> to be fair, the Ferrari be... one was really good last year. I'll probably watch the highlights of them on YouTube is what I'll watch. Yeah. I'll Usually just wait someone for the photos break, to get leaked. Now. Yeah, watch, see the photos. Because I'm really only interested in what the cars look like. I don't really care about exactly. all the flim-flam they have to say about it. Like we, You're a Formula 1 team. You've made a race car. You're going to go racing. You can yeah. you can say anything else. You, you can talk about your brand. You can, you can mention all the sponsors. You can do all that other stuff. But I'm not really here for that. I'm here to yeah. see what your car looks like, mm. see what colour it is, and watch it go fast against other cars. That's why I'm here. Yeah. There were a couple of scenes last year that basically were just like, there it is, there's the new car. Nice one. I'm like, yeah, cool, do that. Perfect. The Northern in me loves that. No nonsense. (laughs) Just wheel the car out, send it testing, do some lap times. How quick is it? Great. Get Get an idea of what it's going to be like. Hopefully you can make it better for the season proper when we actually go racing. Yep. Uh, Next from Max, who says, hey man, is this year the year? Uh, Ferrari back, Mercedes back, McLaren back, Red Bull livery change, Alonso win, Norris win. Um, It'd be nice, wouldn't it? It would. Ferrari back, maybe. I'd take like two of that list and be relatively happy. Of of Ferrari, Mercedes and McLaren, I've probably got most faith in McLaren, I think, currently to be competing, at least from the start of the season. There's been some big talk coming out of Mercedes, I've noticed. There has. Like, well, like mm. you were saying a little bit ago about like, you know, teams coming in, shaking things up and not necessarily just following the mould, which is all well and good. But then when I read Mercedes saying we've basically changed almost every part on the car, <laughs> I'm just like, oh God, no, here we go again. They're just <laughs> gonna... No, no, no. Like that's, you know, Red Bull did the same thing last year. There was there were barely any components the same because they made everything lighter, which is why it was such a good yeah. car. And, you know, all the other teams, whilst changing the aerodynamic surfaces and all that kind of stuff will be making every component of their car, car lighter. And that is the thing that is going to bring all the teams together. Because yeah. there is still like, a, a you know, a difference with the, with the less good teams and the really good teams, like the really, really good teams have a way under the weight limit and they can move balanced around, ballast around and things yeah. like that. And that's a huge factor in any, any race car. You need to be able to move the ballast around. Um, mm-hmm. And if you have very little to move around, you can't really affect the performance of the car as much. So I think that's, that is going to be key for a lot of teams this year, making the cars much, much lighter, allowing them to, you know, really focus the tire wear. It really affects your tire wear, obviously the weight distribution of the car. And, and if a, a few more teams can get on top of their, 
the heavyweight cars, then I think that will make things a lot easier for them to get closer to Red Bull and yeah. give them more opportunity. You know, a lot of teams complain about not being able to get the cars into the window. And a lot of that, I think, is often to do with weight of car and and, mm-hmm. and um, weight distribution and tyre wear, obviously. So, yeah, the lighter the sport, you can make it, the better. The sport really needs a more competitive season this year. Yeah, for sure. It was rubbish last year. Yeah, I'm not afraid <laughs> to say it. Like, you know, across, I think across Formula One, um, and it's not without being too meter, but like across Formula One, social and across Formula One as a um, content creation kind of scene, I think everyone suffered a little bit. Um, yeah. Just from it being like not that interesting across the season. Like um, you've got your hardcore who will like kill me, vilify me for saying something like that, but I, I do, I do think it needs to be better next year. Yeah, like there's there's always interesting stuff going on to look for, but when you're having to go looking for that every week, then that's exactly not really like, it. it yeah, needs to, it really needs to write itself the way it did in you know 2021. This is yeah. this, the thing with it is like you can look down the grid and find entertainment at each race last season 100% but in the grand scheme of things there is the element that you should be seeing that entertainment at the front of the grid like yeah exactly there's, well, there's so many eras that we well yeah it, could, it should be anywhere but yeah like I mean there were there's been a couple of eras in my lifetime watching Formula 1 where you basically don't see the leader and unfortunately, last season was part of one of those eras. Yeah, yeah. Like, there were times when you just did not see Schumacher for vast majority of races, yeah, and you were just you were just watching like whoever else was like battling somewhere down the down the pack. Like, and it, yeah. it was still entertaining, but you knew the season was a foregone conclusion, and this got like that very quickly. Well, in those Last days, season. you weren't even watching action down the grid because none of them could overtake each other. So you were just well, watching yeah. cars going down a track pretty much, which is where I the mean, old you know, expression comes from. Whenever you tell someone who isn't into Formula One fan, isn't into Formula One, isn't a Formula One fan, say, oh, I'm a Formula One fan. They're like, what? It's just cars going around a track. It's like, no, it's mm-hmm. not. It's so much more than that. <laughs> well, it should be. It's like if you think back to 2021 and like the amount of, midfield stuff that we just didn't see because they were focused on Hamilton and Verstappen the whole time. It's like, looking yeah. back, what a nice problem to have that was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and mean, I mean, Hamilton Rosberg era as well, like, yeah, don't get me same. wrong, it was a very Mercedes-dominated era, but at least they were they were that at each other and it gave us entertainment yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the front. And that's, that's kind of what you... And I think last season would have been a little different had... Checo managed to take the fight to Max, Turn like Rosberg. Uh, Rosberg took the fight to Hamilton in in those that part of that era, basically. Yeah, but yeah, is what it is. Okay, final question from Paul D. Um, hey man, do you think the McLaren's new "Whatever It Takes" slogan means that they'll that they think they'll be back to fighting for wins, or will it get buried when the car is terrible at the start of the season? Hopefully, it's it won't. kind of bullish of them like they've, they've sort of they're teasing all this basically they're teasing the livery launch and the car launch but like doing a whole yeah. social media campaign about mm-hmm. it and like the video they released today was basically all about last season and how 
terribly they started and then how hard they worked to turn it around. So to be kind of resurrecting that spectre from the start of last season, like they yeah. clearly think they're not going to have similar problems this year. Um, yeah, whatever it takes to me is just something, someone, some creative came up with it and that agency I mean, passed it on to them. That's your season launch. Yeah, I mean, call yeah, me, ultimately. you know, call me, um, call me bitter, but that's, that's <laughs> no, I mean, it, it is, but the fact that they are like making a point of basically saying, look how terrible we were this time last year, it, it would be a bad look if they then started this year just as bad. It'd be like, well, why did you bring that up again, mm. sort of thing, but yeah, yeah, I've got faith in them this year, I think. The speed they turned things around last year and how close they did get to the front. I mean, they were the second fastest car for most of the second half of the season. So, yeah, I've got faith. I don't know if they're going to be challenging for wins from the start. I think I still, unfortunately, think Red Bull are going to be a very difficult team to beat this year. Especially if they're pulling their resources, they're going to be amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. But I wouldn't be surprised if McLaren started the season as the second fastest team. Yeah, uh, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, what you really want is you want the old. We want twenty twenty one again, don't we? We want. I mean, not not all elements of it, but you really want a, a close fight between. Yeah, I mean, if you can get a different close fight between more well. than two drivers from two from yeah. maybe two three different teams, or maybe you know maybe if it is just like four drivers from two teams, I'd take that. I'd take yeah. two drivers from two teams. I would love sort of three or four drivers from maybe three or four different teams would be that's that's the dream that's what that's what all the rule changes are aimed at that's what yeah. all of the budget cap is aimed at the aero restrictions all that stuff is aimed at bringing that sort of that spectrum of of performance down and down and down and down so that the driver can be the difference between the cars you know so um we want a 2012 again basically yeah 2012 is <laughs> yeah. rad man like i remember bahrain they were like seven cars fighting for the lead over the first like 12 laps yeah. like it was just so so crazy um seven yeah, in nice. the first seven races yes that's yes, what we need yeah that would be lovely we can yes. dream we can dream <laughs> shall we leave it there yeah on that dream i'll wrap us up for this week so thanks to everyone who's joined us thanks particularly to the patrons from the discord who have joined us live if you want to find out more about getting involved with that head to patreon.com forward slash back of the grid if you want to reach out to us on socials just search for back of the grid on twitter instagram and facebook we'll, we'll appear on all of those and you can head to the website which is back of the grid.com where there's a contact us form if you want to do that method of contact um that is it for this week yeah so we are still working on the quiz. Am I right, Chris? Uh, no. Oh, scrap <laughs> that bit then. Yeah. <laughs> the quiz ended up being a patron exclusive thing, so we'll cut that bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> make it make a note somewhere. Yeah. So, all right, then I'll do something else then. <laughs> um, so we're still working on the content schedule for the pre-season and what that looks like um so we will let you all know in due course what that is without fail we will be back during the car launch weeks in early february um but as we get more plans in place we will let you know a bit of a more firm schedule from we intend to have some episodes up and what the rough topics of those will be so keep an eye on those socials if you want to find out more about that um yeah that is it from us so we will see you next time goodbye everyone bye bye
outro music. Doesn't want to work. I have oh. clicked it. It's just spinning. Doesn't want to work, sadly. Professional as ever. 